Good morning, everyone, and welcome. This is a historic day. This is our very first Sunday service in this temple. And you can say, I was there. (laughs) You know, We have the wonderful song, which we've sung this week by Swamiji, Many Hands Make a Miracle. And we have so many words and expressions of gratitude we want to express to all of you who have made this possible, all of you who have built it, designed it, landscaped it, and uh, volunteered your time and energy and your resources to make it possible. Our goal, our financial goal in building this temple is nearly achieved. We have raised, if you can imagine, from the hands and hearts of many, $3.5 million to build this temple. But we're not done. We still are a mere $147,000 short. That's all we need. So it truly is a miracle. And the work of Ananda will be going forward in so many ways. As Atman very wisely said, this is the end of the beginning and now the beginning of the next phase. And next year, is 2020, is the 100th anniversary of Yogananda coming to the West. And many things will be happening to celebrate that, in, including a pilgrimage in Boston in September of 2020. Inez, would you stand up, please? Inez is one of the co-leaders of our Ananda Meditation Group in Boston. And they'll be going around to different places where Master lived and lectured and landed. He arrived in Boston. So if you're interested in coming, please talk to Inez afterwards. So now we'll begin. You know, the readings and rays of the one light are just a flow that we follow according to which week is coming up. But the one for this week couldn't have been better selected as though by a divine hand. (laughs) It's abiding in God. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. Yogananda often emphasized more often to his disciples than to the general public, but also to everyone generally, for it was a universal teaching, the importance of attunement. For divine understanding cannot be created, it must be perceived. To the disciples, Yogananda spoke of the importance of attunement with the guru. To others, he urged the importance, at least of attuning oneself, to higher consciousness. Can an eagle rise 
without the support of the sustaining air. Jesus Christ in the Gospel of St. John, chapter 15, said, I am the vine, and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, but without me he can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. How can we abide in him? Jesus said, if my words abide in you. By words he meant not only his spoken words, but his vibrations, his consciousness, of which the words are only an expression. We must abide by the teachings, but we must also absorb those teachings into ourselves that they become our own experience. For disciples of this path, the more in their hearts they live consciously in the presence of the masters, the more they will find the living divine presence within them. For all truth seekers, whether disciples or not, the more they live sustained inwardly by awareness of God's presence, the higher they will find themselves soaring in wisdom and joy. For the Bhagavad Gita says in the 10th chapter, I am the source of everything. From me all creation emerges. Blessed with this realization, the wise, awe-stricken, adore me. Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. It's sort of bittersweet to have this last, it's obviously sweet to have our first Sunday service in this beautiful temple. It's a little bit bitter to know that many of you will be leaving after today, but our hearts are connected and will remain connected from now on. I think as a physicist would say, during this week we have become entangled with each other. I'm going to read from Whispers from Eternity, one of my favorite of all of Master's writings, the beautiful poem, God, God, God. And I would really suggest that each of you memorize it. I have done so for, and used it for many, many years. And when the mind or the emotions begin to slip away, this is the cure for that. From the depths of slumber, 
As I ascend the spiral stairway of wakefulness, I will whisper, God, God, God. Thou art the food, and when I break my fast of daily separation, of nightly separation from thee, I will taste thee and mentally say, God, God, God. No matter where I go, the spotlight of my mind will ever keep turning on thee. And in the battle din of activity, my silent war cry will be, Please join us. God, God, God. When boisterous storms of trial shriek, and when worries howl at me, I will drown their noises, loudly chanting, God, God, God. When my mind weaves dreams with threads of memories, then on that magic cloth will I emboss. God, God. Every night, in time of deepest sleep, when my peace dreams and calls joy, 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 and my joy comes singing evermore. God, 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 God. God. In waking, eating, working, dreaming, sleeping, serving, meditating, divinely loving. My soul will constantly hum, unheard by any. God, 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 God. One more, God. The problem is not the intention, the problem is remembering. If in times when times of trials shriek and when worries howl at you, if you can remember that, it will ease your way forward. You know, on Thursday, David Eby, the man with the cello, <laughs> did a remarkable demonstration which is true he took his cello, some of you weren't here, so I'll repeat it. He took his cello and played one note on one of the strings. And because that note was the note of the vibration of, the other, of a different string, that second string began to resonate and play in and of itself. And so God, in this case, master, since we're talking about attunement with God or with any of your chosen deity, but for most of us, 
those of us who are the chosen people of the autobiography of a yogi. <laughs> We resonate most clearly with the vibration of Master. And so his thoughts are playing constantly in the ether. What we need to do is tune our string to his vibration and then leave it alone. And it will resonate according to his will. So that attunement is really a question much more. It isn't something outward. It's something inward. What is our string? Our string is our spine, our astral spine. And as we attune that through many of our practices, then that astral spine, including each of the chakras, including especially the heart chakra, when that is in tune, with the vibration of master, then his thoughts will play through us. His feelings will arise in us spontaneously. And if we sensitively accept that, not pushing it away, but accepting it and offering ourselves into that vibration, then we will begin to resonate with the same song that he our great guru is singing. In our festival of light, every week we read that, and we read the wonderful words of Jesus Christ. And he said, thou shalt love the Lord with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy soul, and with all thy strength. We don't repeat, but he went on to say, and thy shalt, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. In other words, the whole of the teaching is contained in those two statements. So I want to talk a little bit about how we do love the Lord with all our heart, with all our mind. Our heart obviously represents our feelings. Master said that, that our mind, discrimination, uh, intellect follows feelings. So if we can attune our feelings to God, 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 attune our feelings to our master, then everything else will follow from that. I think that's why Jesus put that first in that line of four elements of what we have. So how do we attune our feelings? There are outward practices, outward practices such as uh, looking at master's picture. Better to look at it and not think of him than not to look at it and think of anything else. But better yet, when you look at it, to make an emotional connection. I happen to have an eye watch. You can't see it quite. Maybe they can focus on it. But on this watch, the face of the watch are pictures of master. <laughs>
So every, every time that I want to know what time it is, it's always master time. <laughs> so, but that too is outward. I'll have to admit, I often look at the watch and I don't see his picture, I just see the time. So outward worship doesn't capture it. We have to honestly, sincerely, deeply give our hearts to him. You know, Ananda has a work in Brindaban, which is the city where Krishna, as a youth, grew up. Now, we have a work there where we feed and house and um, give medical treatment and supplies to several thousand widows every day. We don't house that many, but we give medical supplies and daily food to that many uh, widows. Now, Brindaban is Krishna's city, which means it's Babaji's city. And I think it was Babaji who inspired us to go there and do that work, that work of, of seva, of service. But I was reading a beautiful story recently uh, told by a brother monk of Swami Kriyananda's. His name was Gyanananda, wonderful, wonderful soul. He said that he and another very high soul were visiting Brindaban and near there, or near the city, is a sacred place that this other high soul brought him to. And he said, this is an extremely holy place. And there was just a kind of a, a stone slab there. And he said, this is an extremely holy place because it is here that Radha would stand for hours at a time because it was from here that she could see at the farthest point when Krishna was coming home. And so she would stand there for hours at a time, waiting for the first glimpse of him, because that's where her heart was. And so we should wait for Master, for God, somewhere. Now, obviously, we don't have hours of a day to stand on a, on a single place and look out nor is our master incarnated in a body at this point. But our heart should be looking for our master as much as of the time as we can. If we can keep our heart attuned, then he will appear to us. The whole of the spiritual path, Swamiji told us, is to dissolve the ego the soul is only pretending to be the ego. The ego is the soul in the delusion that we're separate, that we're differentiated, that we're not already united with God, united with Master. And so by keeping our heart constantly attuned to, constantly looking for our Master, even during our day, as much as we can remember. See, the problem is not the intention. We would all love to do that. The problem is remembering to do that and to do it purely. Swami told another story about Radha, who was widely considered. In fact, if you visit the city of Brindaban, 
They don't, as they do in other places, greet you in, in India with namaste or um, any of, uh, of a number of ways. They say radhe, radhe, meaning radha's memory is, uh, and love, devotion for Krishna. But Swami told another story, which was one day Radha and Krishna were wandering through the forest and Radha hurt her foot. And so Krishna took her on his shoulders and was carrying her. And she began to think, not of Krishna, but of, oh, how wonderful this is. Look, he is carrying me. I must be special to him. And at that point, he simply disappeared. <laughs> and she fell to the ground in a thud and realized she'd better get her mind back on Krishna and not on herself. And so the ego, even in our devotions, tries to slip in. But the more we can keep our mind purely on God, on Krishna, on whoever we choose as our beloved, then that will attune the string, attune our heart with that energy. And that with that attunement, we will be constantly in their presence. The next is the mind. The mind follows, obviously, the heart. But we should try to keep our thoughts on God as much as possible. You know, we have lots of time during the day when we're not very engaged. Master said that the typical person has a thousand thoughts every day. I read some scientific study with MRIs and all of that, where there are, there are constantly, every second, there are little, little, I don't know, neurons firing, thought neurons firing in, in our brains. But all of that cancels each other, those thoughts cancel each other out. Or generally, if we're engaged in downward pulling energy, which the world, generally speaking, is lower in vibration than our consciousness, than all of the consciousness of all of us in this room. And especially you feel during this week, don't you, how your consciousness has raised up Probably during this week, none of you, you would have an abhorrence to watching very much news or to being engaged in too much worldly activity simply because your mind has been elevated and you don't have to use your determined willpower to avoid CNN or Fox News. <laughs> you simply don't want to. And so, if we can keep our mind engaged in an upward, higher vibration with our thoughts, then all the rest will begin to drop away. And the ego gradually, like an iceberg in the sun, will begin to melt and melt and melt. And so how do we keep our mind engaged? We read books, we listen to talks, we think about God, we think about Master, but we also, almost all paths suggest that we do 
japa or we do inward chanting. It's a very good practice to take one of Master's chants. He said he took each of those chants and he brought them into superconsciousness, into the vibration of unity with God. And by repeating those chants over and over and over, so when the mind is idle, it doesn't go to downward pulling thoughts, but it goes to a chant. I prefer and I would suggest that you pick one chant that fits, I don't know, the vibration or the need of the particular phase that you're in. It might be devotional, it might be protective, it might be with willpower, but pick one chant that works with what you're with your actual life, what you're going through, and keep repeating that, repeating that in your mind so that your thoughts don't run idly away and take you away from consciousness of God. And as I said, we have many, many moments during the day where we're not fully engaged. We're standing in line or we're... Um, even driving a car, whatever we're doing, there is plenty of um, bandwidth in our brain to be chanting to God. And so keep the mind engaged as much as possible in God. With all thy soul, the soul represents the, the consciousness that we really, of, of our actual reality. See, as I've said, we are the soul and we're not the ego. The ego doesn't exist as a thing. The ego exists as a temporary state of the soul being engaged in something. So an actor who is doing, I think it's called method acting, where they actually convince themselves that they are the character that they're playing, that doesn't make that actor that character. It makes that actor that character only as long as they're convinced that they're that convincing themselves that they're that, that entity. Well, we're actors on a stage of life, convinced that we are who we are, which is a complete fallacy. But how do we overcome that? The soul has to have the mind, the ego, quiet itself, still itself. Because when we still our minds in meditation or in devotional practices, then the soul rises up and makes itself apparent. And we feel our unity with God. And that's why Master gave us the practice of meditation. Without meditation, we will simply be lost because we will never have the opportunity to still the mind and still the heart. And when we do that, we don't have to become something that we aren't. We simply become what we truly are. As Patanjali said, Self-realization is shmitti, remembrance. It's our memory of who we truly are. But without 
the soul coming to the fore and the ego receding to the background, we won't, we won't realize that truth. And so meditation is the prime way of doing that. And finally, with all thy strength. Strength means two things. It means prana, because the strength that we have, everything that we have comes because God supports us. So we're constantly being supported by the universal energy field that surrounds us. If we had to do it ourselves, we wouldn't last, I don't know, we probably wouldn't last five seconds. Our hearts would stop beating, our minds would stop working. How, how much in control of your liver are you? How much in control of the fact that when you take a breath, yes, you may be in control of the fact that you can move the diaphragm or the lungs and take a breath, but how much in control of the fact that somewhere that process extracts the oxygen from that breath and sends it around the body through the circulation. All of that is done by God's grace for us. And so the more we can withdraw that prana from outward, the, the mind from outward restlessness and bring that prana in and lift it up, the more we become in tune with and connected to that prana through pranayama, but through many other things. All thy strength has another meaning, and that is to use the consciousness and our will. Strength is also will. The stronger the will, the stronger the flow of energy. The stronger the will, the stronger the flow of prana. And to use that prana in the service of other people. Master said that our path was a combination of meditation and service. And so with our energy, with our strength, if we direct that toward the service of others, it will cleanse the heart and it will melt the icy tendrils of ego that still keep us bound. But if we do our best, that's all we can do, is to do our best to attune to master, attune to God, to keep our mind, our heart, our energy attuned to them and offered to them. If we do that, Master said that all we have to do is reach up a hand and God does all the rest. He will reach down and lift us up into his presence. Lord Most High, our Heavenly Father, all our lives we dedicate to Thee, all our labors, all our joys and woes, all our pleasure, all our melody. Make us each a channel of Thy peace, when in darkness Guide us from above, where there's sorrow, 
so thy joy. 